0: Chapters 1 through 4 of Paul's Letter to the Romans. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Mark Penfold. Paul's Letter to the Romans, from the New Testament in Modern Speech, translated by Richard Francis Weymouth. Chapter 1 Paul a bondservant of jesus christ called to be an apostle set apart to proclaim god's good news which god had already promised through his prophets in holy writ concerning his son who as regards his human descent belonged to the posterity of david but as regards the holiness of his spirit was decisively proved by his resurrection to be the son of god i mean concerning jesus christ our lord through whom we have received grace and apostleship in his service in order to win men to obedience to the faith among all gentile peoples among whom you also called as you have been to belong to jesus christ are numbered to all god's loved ones who are in rome called to be saints may grace and peace be granted to you from god our father and the lord jesus christ First of all, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for what he has done for all of you, for the report of your faith is spreading through the whole world. I call God to witness, to whom I render priestly and spiritual service by telling the good news about his Son, how unceasingly I make mention of you in his presence, always in my prayers entreating that now at length, if such be his will, the way may by some means be made clear for me to come to you for i am longing to see you in order to convey to you some spiritual help so that you may be strengthened in other words that while i am among you we may be mutually encouraged by one another's faith yours and mine and i desire you to know brethren that i have many a time intended to come to you though until now i have been disappointed in order that among you also i might gather some fruit from my labors as I have already done among the rest of the Gentile nations. I am already under obligations alike to Greek-speaking races and to others, to cultured and to uncultured people, so that for my part I am willing and eager to proclaim the good news to you also who are in Rome. For I am not ashamed of the good news. It is God's power which is at work for the salvation of everyone who believes, the Jew first, and then the Gentile for in the good news a righteousness which comes from god is being revealed depending on faith and tending to produce faith as the scripture has it the righteous man shall live by faith for god's anger is being revealed from heaven against all impiety and against the iniquity of men who through iniquity suppress the truth god is angry because what may be known about him is plain to their inmost consciousness for he himself has made it plain to them for from the very creation of the world his invisible perfections namely his eternal power and divine nature have been rendered intelligible and clearly visible by his works so that these men are without excuse for when they had come to know god they did not give him glory as god nor render him thanks but they became absorbed in useless discussions and their senseless minds were darkened while boasting of their wisdom they became utter fools and instead of worshipping the imperishable god they worshipped images resembling perishable man or resembling birds or beasts or reptiles for this reason in accordance with our own depraved cravings god gave them up to uncleanness allowing them to dishonour their bodies among themselves with impurity for they had bartered the reality of god for what is unreal and had offered divine honors and religious service to created things rather than to the creator he who is forever blessed amen this then is the reason why god gave them up to vile passions for not only did the women among them exchange the natural use of their bodies for one which is contrary to nature but the men also in just the same way neglecting that for which nature intends women burned with passion towards one another men practising shameful vice with men and receiving in their own selves the reward which necessarily followed their misconduct and just as they had refused to continue to have a full knowledge of god so it was to utterly worthless minds that god gave them up for them to do things which should not be done their hearts overflowed with all sorts of dishonesty mischief greed malice they were full of envy and murder and were quarrelsome crafty and spiteful they were secret backbiters open slanderers hateful to god insolent haughty boastful inventors of new forms of sin disobedient to parents destitute of common sense faithless to their promises without natural affection without human pity in short though knowing full well the sentence which god pronounces against actions such as theirs as things which deserve death they not only practice them but even encourage and applaud others who do them chapter two you are therefore without excuse o man whoever you are who sit in judgment upon others for when you pass judgment on your fellow man you condemn yourself for you who sit in judgment upon others are guilty of the same misdeeds and we know that god's judgment against those who commit such sins is in accordance with the truth and you who pronounce judgment upon those who do such things although your own conduct is the same as theirs do you imagine that you yourself will escape unpunished when god judges or is it that you think slightingly of his infinite goodness forbearance and patience unaware that the goodness of god is gently drawing you to repentance the fact is that in the stubbornness of your impenitent heart you are treasuring up against yourself anger on the day of anger the day when the righteousness of god's judgments will stand revealed to each man he will make an award corresponding to his actions to those on the one hand who by lives of persistent right-doing are striving for glory honor and immortality the life of the ages while on the other hand upon the self-willed who disobey the truth and obey unrighteousness will fall anger and fury affliction and awful distress coming upon the soul of every man and woman who deliberately does wrong upon the jew first and then upon the gentile whereas glory honor and peace will be given to every one who does what is good and right to the jew first and then to the gentile for god pays no attention to this world's distinctions for all who have sinned apart from the law will also perish apart from the law and all who have sinned whilst living under the law will be judged by the law it is not those that merely hear the law read who are righteous in the sight of god but it is those that obey the law who will be pronounced righteous for when gentiles who have no law obey by natural instincts the commands of the law they without having a law are a law to themselves since they exhibit proof that a knowledge of the conduct which the law requires is engraven on their hearts while their consciences also bear witness to the law and their thoughts as if in mutual discussion accuse them or perhaps maintain their innocence on the day when god will judge the secrets of men's lives by jesus christ as declared in the good news as i have taught it and since you claim the name of jew and find rest and satisfaction in the law and make your boast in god and know the supreme will and contest things that differ being a man who receives instruction from the law and have persuaded yourself that as for you you are a guide to the blind a light to those who are in darkness a schoolmaster for the dull and ignorant a teacher of the young because in the law you possess an outline of real knowledge and an outline of the truth you then who teach your fellow man do you refuse to teach yourself you who cry out against stealing are you yourself a thief You who forbid adultery, do you commit adultery? You who loathe idols, do you plunder their temples? You who make your boast in the law, do you offend against its commands and so dishonor God? For the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentile nations because of you, as Holy Writ declares. Circumcision does indeed profit if you obey the law, but if you are a lawbreaker, the fact that you have been circumcised counts for nothing in the same way if an uncircumcised man pays attention to the just requirements of the law shall not his lack of circumcision be overlooked and although he is a gentile by birth if he scrupulously obeys the law shall he not sit in judgment upon you who possessing as you do a written law and circumcision are yet a lawbreaker? for the true jew is not the man who is simply a jew outwardly and true circumcision is not that which is outward and bodily But the true jew is one inwardly and true circumcision is heart circumcision not literal but spiritual and such people receive praise not from men but from god chapter 3 what special privilege then has a jew or what benefit is to be derived from circumcision the privilege is great from every point of view first of all because the jews were entrusted with god's truth for what if some jews have proved unfaithful shall their faithlessness render god's faithfulness worthless no indeed let us hold god to be true though every man should prove to be false as it stands written that thou mayest be shown to be just in the sentence thou pronouncest and gain thy cause when thou contendest but if our unrighteousness sets god's righteousness in a clearer light what shall we say is god unrighteous i speak in our everyday language when he inflicts punishment no indeed for in that case how shall he judge all mankind if for instance a falsehood of mine has made god's truthfulness more conspicuous redounding to his glory why am i judged all the same as a sinner and why should we not say for so they wickedly misrepresent us and so some charge us with arguing let us do evil that good may come the condemnation of those who would so argue is just what then are we jews more highly estimated than they not in the least for we have already charged all jews and gentiles alike with being in thraldom to sin thus it stands written there is not one righteous man there is not one who is really wise nor one who is a diligent seeker after god all have turned aside from the right path they have every one of them become corrupt there is no one who does what is right no not so much as one their throats resemble an opened grave with their tongues they have been talking deceitfully the venom of vipers lies hidden behind their lips their mouths are full of cursing and bitterness their feet move swiftly to shed blood ruin and misery mark their path and the way to peace they have not known there is no fear of god before their eyes but it cannot be denied that all that the law says is addressed to those who are living under the law in order that every mouth may be stopped and that the whole world may await sentence from god for on the ground of obedience to law no man living will be declared righteous before him law simply brings a sure knowledge of sin But now a righteousness coming from God has been brought to light apart from any law, both law and prophets bearing witness to it. A righteousness coming from God, which depends on faith in Jesus Christ and extends to all who believe, no distinction is made, for all alike have sinned, and all consciously come short of the glory of God, gaining acquittal from guilt by his free unpurchased grace through the deliverance which is found in Christ Jesus. He it is whom God put forward as a mercy seat, rendered efficacious through faith in his blood in order to demonstrate his righteousness, because of the passing over in God's forbearance of the sins previously committed, with a view to demonstrating at the present time his righteousness, that he may be shown to be righteous himself, and the giver of righteousness to those who believe in Jesus. Where then is there room for your boasting? It is forever shut out. On what principle? on the ground of merit no but on the ground of faith for we maintain that it is as the result of faith that a man is held to be righteous apart from actions done in obedience to law is god simply the god of the jews and not of the gentiles also He is certainly the God of the Gentiles also, unless you can deny that it is one and the same God who will pronounce the circumcised to be acquitted on the ground of faith and the uncircumcised to be acquitted through the same faith. Do we then by means of this faith abolish the law? No, indeed, we give the law a firmer footing. Chapter 4 What then shall we say that Abraham, our earthly forefather, has gained? for if he was held to be righteous on the ground of his actions he has something to boast of but not in the presence of god for what says the scripture and abraham believed god and this was placed to his credit as righteousness but in the case of a man who works pay is not reckoned a favor but a debt whereas in the case of a man who pleads no actions of his own but simply believes in him who declares the ungodly free from guilt his faith is placed to his credit as righteousness in this way david also tells of the blessedness of the man to whose credit god places righteousness apart from his actions blessed he says are those whose iniquities have been forgiven and whose sins have been covered over blessed is the man of whose sin the lord will not take account this declaration of blessedness then does it come simply to the circumcised or to the uncircumcised as well for abraham's faith so we affirm was placed to his credit as righteousness what then were the circumstances under which this took place was it after he had been circumcised or before before not after and he received circumcision as a sign a mark attesting the reality of the faith righteousness which was his while still uncircumcised that he might be the forefather of all those who believe even though they are uncircumcised in order that this righteousness might be placed to their credit and the forefather of the circumcised namely of those who not merely are circumcised but also walk in the steps of the faith which our forefather abraham had while he was as yet uncircumcised again the promise that he should inherit the world did not come to abraham or his posterity conditioned by law but by faith righteousness for if it is the righteous through law who are heirs then faith is useless and the promise counts for nothing for the law inflicts punishment but where no law exists there can be no violation of law all depends on faith and for this reason that acceptance with god might be an act of pure grace so that the promise should be made sure to all abraham's true descendants not merely to those who are righteous through the law but to those who are righteous through a faith like that of abraham thus in the sight of god in whom he believed who gives life to the dead and makes reference to things that do not exist as though they did abraham is the forefather of all of us as it is written i have appointed you to be the forefather of many nations under utterly hopeless circumstances he hopefully believed so that he might become the forefather of many nations in agreement with the words equally numerous shall your posterity be and without growing weak in faith he could contemplate his own vital powers which had now decayed for he was nearly one hundred years old and sarah's barrenness nor did he in unbelief stagger at god's promise but became mighty in faith giving glory to god and being absolutely certain that whatever promise he is bound by he is able also to make good for this reason also his faith was placed to his credit as righteousness nor was the fact of its being placed to his credit put on record for his sake only it was for our sakes too faith before long will be placed to the credit of us also who are believers in him who raised jesus our lord from the dead who was surrendered to death because of the offences we had committed and was raised to life because of the acquittal secured for us the end of chapters one through four Recording by Mark Penfold.